You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into your Friday fun show. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here on your Friday afternoon. We told you yesterday, today was going to be fun. We weren't lying to you. Super stacked show, plenty of college football to get to. Let's bring in the producer extraordinaire, the co-host with the most, and a man who is, is too bougie for his own good. Just admit you hate fun and creativity. Just say it. Just say it. No, I'm a great time. No, I'm a fun person. I've, the way you've been acting the last ten minutes. I'm no, I'm a fun person. No, <laughs> it's not that I'm not. Okay, reference. So, Matt left the Dynasty League because he didn't want to commit to ten years. Whatever, that's your choice. I got him into my regular league where we refresh every year. It's more of Matt's speed. So I'm trying to do something different, a little creative, I would say, to do the draft order instead of me being like, hey, uh, we're just going to pick out of a hat or do a this, random number, random name man, generator. This man wants to do a punt, pass, kick competition. I gave options. With 12 out-of-shape individuals. I'm not out-of-shape. Alex isn't out of shape. Okay. Dolan's not out of shape. Okay. Most of the league is not out of shape. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Okay. So, anyways, to determine the order of a fantasy football league, I'm trying to be creative, try to have fun. I'm trying to interact with the league members it's instead bougie. of being it. It's not. No, bougie. you know how you interact with the league members? You have the drafted B dubs and we all get a couple of beers. No, we always do it at my house. I got the big TV, and I got and I got the I got the draft board displayed on the TV because I connect my computer to it with HDMI cord. But I'm trying to have a fun way See, instead of bougie. it's. it's oh, sorry, bougie. excuse me. You extra. Excuse me for trying to have fun. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with being extra. It's just you extra. You complain about it every time. James extra mesh. You're you're That's, trying to you're. Tr- that's what it is. That's what it is. Extra breaking on the slugs. Look, man, like, what? what's wrong with just, you know, spinning a wheel? Because I've done it every year. I'm trying to do something different. You want to do something different? Let's make a trophy. I do have a trophy. Micah's had it the last two years. Well, you really do have a trophy. Yes. we. My dad and I made it from scratch. Hmm. It's wood. The wood ba- the, it's shaped like the Lombardi trophy. The base is wood. And then I put a five-blow football on and we spray-painted it silver. So I'm just going to let you know I'm bringing that home this year. You're obviously not. I totally am. Nope. Not happening. Totally am. Because I'm going to win the punt and pass kick competition and I'm going to have the number one overall Obviously pick. not, because you voted against it. And just because I voted against it doesn't mean it won't win. I'm just saying, what 
If you're not going to vote for it, you have no confidence in winning. Well, it. right now the punt pass kick and the 100-yard dash simulator is tied. But anyways, we're getting way too far off track here. A lot of college football to talk. Chris Vanini of The Athletic is going to join us at 4.30. At 5.15, Jake Crane of Crane & Company will join us for the first ever edition of Jake's Takes. And then at 5.30, my man, Scotty from Offscript, the number one HBCU podcast on the market, is going to join us to preview Southern as they are the second game on the schedule for the LSU Tigers. We talked to, to a Florida State guy a couple weeks ago. Now we're going to get into Southern. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll dive into the rest of the schedule. So hang tight with us on this Friday fun show. Poll question of the day is up on Facebook and Twitter. And it reads... Who is your favorite in-state team? Is it LSU? Is it the Cajuns? Is it the Saints? Is it other? So far on Twitter, 54.5% of you say LSU. 27% say the Cajuns. 18% say the Saints. And then on our Facebook page, got a couple comments to look at for this one. You've got Robert Duplichan who says Saints Pro, LSU College, Pell's Basketball. Two out of the three are a given because they are our only pro teams. I also do go to UL games and pull for them as well. All in all, we should root for and support all Louisiana teams. Some people would agree with that. Some people would not. Daniel Green comments and says the Saints. James, who's your favorite in-state team? Saints. Easy. It's, it's almost all of my devotion is to Saints. Yeah, you're you're a big pro sports guy. Oh, I'm I'm so pro. I'm pro pro sports. He's he's a pro pro. I'm a, I'm a pros pro. Fair enough. Because because uh, look, college, I going to Cajuns games. I have not gone to an LSU game. Just just it never ends up happening. Going going to quite a few Cajuns games, whether it's me being in media or me being a fan. Like even last year. Last couple of times when I was at UL, I mean, I'd go, I uh, go against UL, and I mean, we 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 talk crap to the, talk talk crap to the uh, the ULM players all game. Of course, it, it was it was great. <laughs> I mean, it was so electric. And then going to the final game for Billy Napier at home, and then also going as a fan for the Sun Belt Championship. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, th- those were those. Oh were yeah, great. the the Sun Belt Championship game was absolutely electric atmosphere. Cajun like field. no doubt, it's electric. It's really good vibes. Like going to a college game, but for me, like it's it's tenfold when it comes to pro. Maybe that's because I've only gone to Saints games, but man, like th- there's a reason why they're professionals and they're getting paid the millions of dollars. People may, people may say that's way too much, but look, the money's got to go somewhere, and it can't go to just the owners. I'm, I'm gonna say that right now. It can't just go to the owners with how much they make. You wanna know why they get paid that? Because co- college athletes may be just about as skilled as the pros, and may be better than a couple of them. Yeah. But you wanna know why they're there? 
because they're continually dedicated to improving their craft and staying in the league and have that mindset that some college athletes just don't have. It's true. It's true. So that's why I stick with it because they're the best of the best. And you have to weed out somebody somehow because you only have there's a hundred there's a hundred spots, hundred plus spots for college, and there's about the same for high school, but you only got fifty three. And you only suit up less than that if you're in the NFL. And there's only thirty two teams compared to the about two hundred schools in college. I mean, you gotta weed them out, and once you get to that, you got the best of the best. And it's hard to beat that product. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The game hotline, 706-0111 if you want to get in on the action. Here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. All right, yesterday we opened the show talking about the Kyler Murray chaos. Well, there was a new development last night. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals have gotten so much backlash for his homework clause, because that's exactly what it is, that they took it out of his contract. Bullying does wonders. That's what I've come... That's, that's what I figured out. Bully, bullying does wonders. So let's, let, let's, let's go through the timeline. Kyler Murray signs a contract. Well, we can even go before that because he was unfollowing the Arizona Cardinals for a hot minute because he wanted to get the attention because he wanted the new contract. That's true. So we'll go there. He unfollowed the Cardinals. They give him a deal. They put a contract. They put a clause in there telling him that he has to watch four hours of film a week on his own. He gets backlash for it. People say that he doesn't prepare, which he's openly stated that he's not much of a film guy. The Arizona Cardinals go, oh, no. We can't have poor baby Kyler getting bullied. Let's take it out of his contract. <laughs> Last time I checked, James, the NFL's grown men. If you don't handle your business, you don't get paid. I mean, Again, it's just straight up like that. I, I, I'll go back to what I said yesterday quarterbacks are film rats they're watching film in their house four hours a week should be nothing Kevin Foote said it this morning that's a very low number he said you know if they're going to put that in his contract shouldn't the number have been higher than that maybe four hours a day right like right four, four hours a day is what you should be doing because, oh. like, let's say you practice in the morning. You, maybe you do, like, a morning workout. You get breakfast. You practice. You take a break. Maybe you do some more drills or whatever. Maybe you stay a little longer. You're done by about three. Do three or four hours of film. Then you go home, and you got dinner ready. Right. You see, this, and this is the statement that the <laughs> Cardinals released. After seeing the distraction it created, we removed the referendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract. Who leaks these? That's what I want to know. Who leaks these details? Because the same thing with the it's the same thing with Zion. You got to make sure you're not over 295, and he's but, at 284 currently, apparently, to the Pelicans. But you see, people are getting confused with that. So here's how that works. The 295 number 
is his weight plus his body fat percentage. The two of them together have to be 295 or under. So if he's 270 and his body fat percentage is 20, he's good. You got to be under 295. If he's 284, like the Pelicans say, and his body fat percentage is 15, he's in trouble. I was going to say, so, well, no, if that's the case, then maybe the 284 is him being 260 with like 24% body fat. Maybe. Maybe, Like, maybe, but but it's probably probably less than that. So he's probably about 270 with with 14%. So, yeah, the, the number is weight plus body fat percentage has to be 295 or under. That's what I read. That's the way I understood it. Well, if we're doing the math correctly, then then, then that's how that works. Maybe we might be wrong. Uh, that that again, from what I've heard, from what I've read, that's the way I understood it. I again could be wrong. I'm human, but that and that's a, that's another thing, man. And you know, I, I I get it. Pro sports teams put weight clauses in contracts all the time. That is not an abnormality. And and I love stuff being made public. But do we really need to know like the finer details right. like that in a contract? Right. Who is leaking these? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like why why is somebody at the Cardinals organization leaking the finer details of what Kyler Murray needs to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis? And why is someone in the Pelicans organization being like, hey, by the way, Zion needs to stay under 295, otherwise he doesn't get his guaranteed contract. Look, that's good details and all, but why are we being told this? This is more of a personal matter for them as the athlete themselves and the organization. We're the media and we can talk about it, but in my opinion, that's not something that should be brought up. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Quickly, before we take our first time out of the show, big news from Louisiana Raging Cajuns basketball. Kyron Ratliff has signed a grant in aid to join the Raging Cajuns basketball program for this coming season. He's a three-star prospect out of New Orleans. He was the number three rated player in the state of Louisiana by 24-7 Sports. He spent three years at Booker T. Washington High School in New Orleans before transferring to the Sean Dumas Academy for his senior year. While at Booker T. Washington, he averaged 17.6 points, 10.3 rebounds, and 3.6 blocks as a junior. He was a three-time All-State selection, and in his senior season, he averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks. Ratliff comes to the Cajuns as a 6-8 forward. You know, that that's intriguing because, and you know, I'm not... I'm not going to speculate here, but it is largely believed that this coming season is going to be the last for Bob Marlin because his contract's up. What's interesting, though, is how well he's been able to, A, keep guys in the program this offseason, and B, bring in new ones. Because you commit to a coach, not to a program. That's interesting because maybe Bob Marlin isn't going away. I was going to say if this many people are if this many players are staying and you're still being able to get prospects to come to the program, 
maybe he's going to stay longer than we expect because we thought he was all out of here last year. Yep. But then they made the run last minute. They became runner-ups in the Sunbelt Championship. Yep. I know his contract's up, but I'm starting to get the feeling that Louisiana's going to sign him to like another three, four-year deal. That would be interesting. Because we already know there are people that are that are calling for him. Yeah, I was about to say, the, the fan opinion is that they want him out the door. They want it to go down peacefully, but they want him out the door. So largely, the idea among the fan base was that they were going to let him coach this last year of his contract, and then when his contract was up, it was just going to be a, hey, we're choosing not to renew. But the question is, who who are you eyeing then to replace him if well, that's the case? There, there's, a, there's a couple options. Um, there's a, there's a high-profile assistant in, uh, I want to say he's at Oklahoma now, David Patrick. Uh, he used to be on staff here at UL. Mm-hmm. Um, Bring him back. He's he's being looked at. There, there's a couple other guys. Some people have even thrown in, uh, you know, Kelvin Sampson at Houston. Okay. His son is currently on his staff at Houston. Some people have talked about bringing him in. There's there's been some names thrown around. Um, but again, you know, Bob's bringing in recruits. If he makes another run in the tournament, maybe wins the conference championship again. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a storyline to keep an eye on this fall. It is definitely gonna be interesting because if they do start, start to peter out and and not perform well, this probably will be his yep. last year. But if he does make another nice run and is able to, at the worst, be a runner-up again in the Sun Belt. We'll, we'll see a contract extension, I would probably say. That'll be interesting. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The red-hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Where do you go to sign up for the clubhouse? 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a time out right here. When we return, James and I will give you our NFL Mount Rushmore's. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. In the crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, it's time to do our NFL Mount Rushmore's. We've been talking about this for a little over a week now. Um, I'm going to give you mine real quick. It's 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 very simple. How are we counting this? Are we only doing players? Or are we counting players? Only players? Okay. Yeah, players only. 
Shoo. Okay. We can do one down the line with like coaches and stuff, but like players only. Okay. I'm going as much as this pains me. <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Get it out there. Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah. Dion. Oh, prime? Prime time. Prime time. Okay. That's my All right. Nice. That's my Mount Rushmore. I like that. That's a good that's a good Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna go and that and that's fair because you did two offensive players and two mm-hmm. defense players. I like that. Ooh. And I don't want to copy you. Uh but I am gonna say Tom Brady. Now, how, I mean, how do you not? I mean, it's is the best quarterback of all time, most accomplished. What What do you want? He's got all He's got all the stats. He's been Drew here. Brees is better. He's been here the He's been here the longest. Like, what do you What do you want from him? What hasn't he done? Brady had a better supporting cast. It's not fair. Just kidding. Had, that's not really. I was true. gonna say he had poo poo receivers as well, that's other than not, Randy Moss. That's not really true. I like and, and I like Gronk Ju- and Wes Welker and Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. They were good. But are are you gonna would they be the players that they were without Tom? And I mean, Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola was made because of Tom. So was Rex Burkhead. Okay. <laughs> and da- and Danny true. Woodhead. You're true. All of them. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So Brady. 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 Favorite receiver, or I mean, favorite position is receiver, and the greatest receiver is Jerry Rice. You can't tell me different. Look. Calvin Johnson, freaking nature. Randy Moss, freaking nature. Yeah, we got it. Yada yada yada. I mean, there's been a lot of great receivers, but who stands alone? Who stands alone? It's Jerry freaking Rice. It's true. Best defense. I don't know. Uh, look, defense is great, and I'm glad you split it. But it's hard to not include a running back in the in the Mount Rushmore. Okay, so who are you putting? Who's your, who do you think is the best running back of all time? I'll tell because you. This is controversial. I'll tell you it's not. Emmett Smith. No, God no. <laughs> it's not even close. God no. Emmett was good. Emmett was great. I've never seen a I've never seen a highlight run of Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith cannot be considered the greatest running back of all time. Can't. I can name three, maybe even four. That I think are better than Emmett. Running back though, ooh, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between uh, sweetness. Oh God, and uh, Barry Sanders. Oh yeah, but you also can't you can't not include Jim Brown. So it's like who who do I think is the best? I would probably go Barry Sanders. Yeah, I'd probably go Barry yeah. there. Love loved Walter Payton. Loved watching Gale series. Gale Sayers. Yep. Jim Brown highlights, those are always really good. But Barry, elusive, has all get out. I mean, look, he had a lot of negative rushing attempts. But wh- what happens if the what if he had Dallas's O line? Oh yeah. And what if he had more than eight years and just kind of gave up because Detroit killed his love of football? Yeah, contr- Detroit was just a a sucky place to play football. Like, I mean, it, it was the same thing with Calvin Johnson. I I have to I have to put Barry as number one for me. And yeah. the, and the fourth guy. This one might sound crazy. And that Detroit comment is in no way offensive to our our general manager. Uh, of course, Mr. Chuck. Of course not. Of course not. But fourth guy. Lawrence Taylor's really good. Primes a really good answer. You can always go Ed Reed. 
Or you'd always go Palomalu. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. I mean, mean Joe Green. I mean, it's it's all. Dick Butkus. They're all great answers. I'm going to do one off the wall, though. Okay. I'm going to throw one that's out there. Okay. Found out about them because of Madden. Okay. I'm going Night Train Lane. Night Train Lane. Another lion. Yes. <laughs> Another lion. Dude, Night Train was the man. He played for the Rams, the Chicago Cardinals. And the Detroit Lions, because uh, he had what fourteen interceptions like a in like a ten yeah ten ten game season. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep, dude was the man. I knew a guy named Lane. Oh, after I, I night kn- train Lane. I knew. Oh, I not because of that. I just knew a Lane in high school. No, I I asked him, you know, where, and he said my dad's favorite player as a kid was Night Train Lane. I mean, it's just. Night, I mean, like just hearing the legend of him, I was like, dude, what? Oh yeah, one, one, one running back that gets me that I remember watching from NFL films, Bronco Nagurski. Yep, <laughs> that man was a freak for the Bears. Yep. Loved it. Bronco was the man. And then you know you, you got a you got a other a few other guys, you know, kind of hanging around that conversation. You know, obviously Peyton Manning. Joe Montana. Uh, Peyton, Peyton to me is Peyton's top three. Peyton's the second best quarterback of all time. I think you could interchange it between him and Montana. Yeah. Because it's like, well, which, two, which two, one do you want to go? Two, three. Pretty interchangeable. I think four. You better answer this very carefully. Uh, <laughs> you better answer this very carefully. I was gonna say it as I was gonna make a joke and say Nathan Peterman, but oh my god, Nathan Peterman, <laughs> Blake Bortles. Oh, oh, dude, Ian Book. Ian Book, yes, <laughs> a fourth round pick, fourth best quarterback. Dude, that's of what all I'm time. saying. The numbers are aligning. <laughs> the math is mathing. The ma- that's what I'm saying. Oh my god, I don't know. I'd have to give deeper thought. Drew is Drew's probably top five for me. And, have, that, and that's not I even drew it for. And that's not even like me trying to be a, a super fan or anything. No, because I just I just legitimately think he he got he had to waste. Here's the thing: if Drew if if Tom Brady wasn't a genetically modified super being, that avocado ice cream man. Hey, <laughs> I mean whatever. If you looked at the TB12 method, it is ridiculous. If he wasn't a genetically modified super being. Drew Brees would still hold the records. Yeah. In almost every quarterback category. The only thing that I think knocks him and I hate The only thing that knocks him is that he has one ring. That and, and he I, never won MVP. And I that too. Those those are really big. Sorry, defers. I keep cutting you off. No, but I mean those are good points. The other point I wanted to make was I hate looking at early parts of careers. But oh, man, the, his his time it, in San Diego. Time but, in San Diego was uh, and yeah. So the fact that your first four years was, uh, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of does deter you a little bit. That's why I don't have him at four. And I'd hate for that to be one of the reasons why he isn't four. It may be five, six, or seven. But, I mean, he it's he true. sure as hell propelled himself from 2006 and beyond. There is no doubt. He put himself in that conversation. It's a lot of, Maybe not a lot of people put him there, but it's like you got to admit, 2000, I mean, 2012 was a throwaway year. You you do have to give Drew this. 
he did make a Pro Bowl his fourth year in San Diego. He did. So, I mean, yes, his five years in San Diego as a whole. But three, th- I think it was three of the five, it just, they weren't good. Yeah. It was, it, it, again, was, it was subpar below average. Three of the five were not great. But no, in, um, in 2004, he made the Pro Bowl and he won Comeback Player of the Year. I mean, like, so he had, he had one good year yeah. in, in San Diego. Uh, out of the five. And out of like, five. Yeah. But, Nine. but I, I would consider him five. five. Probably five or six. So who would you put above him? Uh, I'd have to do more. I'd have to like look at the whole landscape of, of QBs. Uh, I'm probably it, it, looking at Aaron Rodgers. I'd probably put him like seven or eight. Yeah. You see, that, everybody's so. Everybody's so high on him. And, and, and he has a great touchdown interception ratio. But what? Here's the thing. That is cool. And that's another thing with Peyton Manning. It great. They've got the regular season stats. And you could even say that a little bit with, with Drew himself. C- congrats. A lot of wins in the regular season. A lot of great stats in the regular season. What the hell are you doing in the postseason? Right. That's where it really matters. And Aaron Rodgers has that narrative at this point that he, he can't get past the NFC Championship game. It's and true. now he can't even get past the NFC Divisional round. It's true. He can't even do that. And Peyton for a while... Couldn't couldn't get past Brady and just couldn't do it at all. And it's like, look, how are you going to consider Peyton better? I get it; it's a team game, but look, ultimately, you get the quarterbacks and the coaches get the get the credit, and they also get the blame. So it's like, yep. no if question, it's team win, you got to include it. No question. You can score a brand new Apple Watch, and all you got to do is send a text. The game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. Join our brand new text club by texting GAME to 337-283-8100, G-A-M-E to 283-8100. Once you join, you can win that Apple Watch, plus tons of chances to score other great prizes. Astros tickets, concert tickets, gift certificates for restaurants, and more. It's the Game's Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a time out right here when we return. Chris Vanini of The Athletic will come on to recap some belt media days we'll even get his take on big 12 media days what the vibe was there and we'll preview this upcoming college football season here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station it's your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles wants to hook you up with our latest astros weekend getaway The red-hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 40 minutes after 4 o'clock on your Friday. It's time to talk some college football with our guy from The Athletic, Chris Vanini. Chris, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So, you know, we talked at Sunbelt Media Day's what was your feeling from Sunbelt Media Days, you know, for the conference as a whole, but with an emphasis on the Cajuns? 
generally just a lot of excitement about the new members of the league and, and the league really emphasizing doubling down on regional rivalries while everybody else across the country seems to be getting bigger and farther spread out as conferences. So, so that was, I think, a lot of excitement about the future of the league amid an uncertain future for, for college football. And relative to the Cajuns, you know, it, for a lot of people, it was their first time meeting uh, uh, Mike Desermo, the new, the new head coach there. And he came off as a guy who very calm, like ready for that job, like didn't feel like he was – uh, in too big a shoes or something like that, just, just really kind of steady and, and straightforward with that and had a very good impression of him. And then, you know, the week before that or, or two weeks before that, you attended Big 12 media days. Kind of just walk us through the, the conversations had there, especially with, with Texas and Oklahoma on their way out and the new members coming in next year. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, awkwardness with the Texas Oklahoma stuff along with them having a new commissioner. Now there was general excitement there. The commissioner said that they were open for business in terms of looking for new teams. Obviously the PAC 12 commissioner today took uh, uh, offense to that statement, but it was very kind of low key, I guess. Like there isn't an obvious playoff or national contender in the big 12 right now. So it was very kind of business as usual outside of the, who the heck knows what the future realignment's going to be so it was it was a much different vibe you know talking about realignment i know that that's kind of been the the main talking point for everybody but you know again texas and oklahoma going to the sec usc and ucla going to the big 10 talking about the acc grant of rights deal really putting a hold on on some more teams moving what where do you see the the big move coming from next well, the big move is is Notre Dame, and at least at the moment, it doesn't appear to be anything anytime soon. Um, you know, if the Big Ten was 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 ready to expand more, it would have already. You know, they certainly already, you know, looked at Washington and Oregon and Stanford and Cal and and all of them. Notre Dame is the big one, and that that's who you want. And you're not doing anything unless you're getting a definitive answer from Notre Dame. So you're waiting on that. The other part is what happens with the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Do a bunch of Pac-12 teams leave for the Big 12, or do they stay together? People I've talked to in the the Pac-12 say they believe it's more valuable to stay together in terms of the money they can make from ESPN or whoever. But the Big 12 offers safety in numbers, perhaps, as a a bigger conference, as a perhaps more stable conference. So it's possible somebody could make a move there, although that's probably still a few months away even at that. So I don't think anything is on the horizon, but then again, you never know with this stuff. Going back to the Notre Dame thing for a minute, you know, I've seen people talk about Notre Dame potentially joining the SEC. There's no way that that's going to happen, right? I mean, Notre Dame is not going to send their volleyball team to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a midweek game. I mean, the, Notre Dame is already in the ACC for everything else, so they're sending their, you know, their athletes down to Miami and stuff like that. So it's not that much of a change geographically. But no, I don't. I, the SEC seems very unlikely. If if they were to join a league, it'd be the ACC because they're already halfway in there, or it would be the Big Ten because you've got a bunch of rivals there: Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, USC. Like, like a lot of your football rivals are there uh, academically. They're, t- they're much more aligned. Um, SEC is, is very unlikely, right? 
Chris Vanini of The Athletic joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So looking ahead to the season, you know, college football as a whole, talking about the I've seen a lot of Heisman odds lately, and it's really early on. It's a two-man race between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. But but walk me through, I mean, obviously I know it rarely goes to defensive players. It's only happened one time. Will Anderson is the best player in college football. Why is he not getting the award for the best college football player? Well, because he wasn't even a finalist last year, and he should have been. I, I, I think the best way for a defensive player to make their mark is for them to be talked about as a candidate before the season even happens. You know, like when we talk about Ed Oliver or whatever that was a few years ago, and they had the Heisman campaign with the bobblehead and all that stuff. That's basically what you need. You, you need everybody to understand before the season that, hey, Will Anderson's a guy worth looking at. Because um, if he's not, then it's hard to come on afterward. Alabama has the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, and he is back. So he is going to get the majority of the Heisman attention when it comes to Alabama. It's going to make it harder for Will Anderson to win the award. He should be in the mix. He should have been a finalist last year, I think, over Aiden Hutchinson, but uh, who I actually think finished second. Um, but you know, but but a lot of people just don't know that, don't know of him, don't pay attention enough. There are hundreds of Heisman voters, and so to get him in the mix, we got to be talking about it right now. You know, another conversation that's being had in college football is just how close Texas A and M is. To, to finally breaking through. You know, Jimbo Fisher ha- has put a good program together there. You brought in Max Johnson, who is still a, a good young quarterback who is just in a bad situation at LSU. And now you have the number one recruiting class in the country. In your opinion, how close is Texas A&M? I mean, I don't think they're on the Alabama-Georgia level yet, and that's the level you have to be at. Now, they obviously beat Alabama last year, so you know, crazier things can happen. But they also went, what was it, 8-4, and four, I think, overall last year. And, and Jimbo's record thus far is the same as Kevin Sumlin's was. Now, Kevin Sumlin was on the decline, especially after he lost Johnny Manziel. And meanwhile, Jimbo just brought in the number one recruited class. So things are trending in a more positive direction. Um, and every number one recruiting class has won a national championship you know, at, at some point. So that is now the goal for A&M. doesn't mean it's the goal in 2022, um, so I, I mean, I don't think this is the year that it's going to happen, but I do think in a year or two, that's the kind of expectation you have to start having for, for A&M. Last question I got for you, Chris, who's going to be the most competitive group of five conference this season? I, I, I would go with the American just because, you know, Cincinnati went to the playoff last year, but they lost a ton and they are going to take a step back. Houston is right there with them. And I think UCF will be right in there as well. Cincinnati, got the most first-place votes in the American preseason poll, but was actually not picked to win. Houston was the slight edge with UCF coming in third. I think SMU will be very good, and, and East Carolina and Memphis should be solid. So I think at the top, you know, that's the league that has gotten the group of five New Year's six spot almost every year in the playoff era, and it'll be interesting to see if that happens again or if the quality at the top of the league, if, they're, if they knock each other out or something like that. Chris Vanini of The Athletic, theathletic.com. Chris, really appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate your work as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yep, thanks for having me.
The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. Once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by joining the clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. Final time out of hour number one, you're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back. Inside Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let's update the poll question. Who's your favorite in-state team? So far, 50% of you say LSU, 33% of you say the Cajuns, and 16% say the New Orleans Saints. So this is why everyone was so so big on bringing back Quan for a third year. That it's it's not it's not exactly because he was great. Like he was good whenever he played, no doubt. But it was like, I mean, did you watch Pete Warner last year? I mean, it was, it was pretty good, especially when Quan was out. Did you see that Miami game? I know you watched Ian Book and trash up the field, and that's why he is not in the New Orleans Saints uniform anymore. Like, I mean, give Pete the chance, man. Yep, absolutely. I, I, look, I love I I'm big on LSU and I'm big on cages, but man. There's a reason Quan didn't return. There's a, there's a reason, and and Pete is that guy. All right, Mega Millions getting drawn today, one point two billion dollars. We went to the social media verse. What's the first thing you're doing if you win the Mega Millions? Our guy Steve Wiley, dropping off the grid. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. <laughs> that I don't need to do anything else. I got the billion. Robert Duplachin. Buy property. They aren't making any more property. True. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. That is that is very, very true. Uh, donate to UL. They'll fire Our Lady of Lords and put my name on the new Cajun field. Daryl Landclose Field. Nice. Daryl Landclose Cajun Field, Cajun Dome, and Convention Center. There it is. There it is. University of Daryl Landclose. Daniel Green says, get the money, then disappear. Everybody's trying to disappear, and I don't blame them. Ralph Bergeron says, dying of a heart attack. <laughs> that would actually probably be me. <gasps> hey, you know, I'm going to make this joke, and it is a joke because I love my job. You're not going to see me on Monday. <laughs> if I win that ticket, and you don't hear my voice on this show on Monday... Well, actually, you won't hear my voice on this show on Monday. You'll hear me from 6 to 9 on RP3 and Company. But it'll be on Monday. Monday but, afternoon. Yeah. On, if you don't hear me on Monday afternoon, because you, you won't, just saying, just letting you know, it's because I became a rich, rich man. I want 20%. Mama Day goes that man. It's all I'm going to say. 20%. 20%. Oh, I'll give me 10. I'll give you two. 
Give me five. Two. Five. Two. Five I'm not giving you $25 million, James. Why not? Because. Would you give me $25 million? Five percent, yeah. I'd give you five. I don't think you would. I would. Uh, I would give you five. You would. I'd give you five percent. Because you got to think about it. If you take the cash option, you're going to lose 40% of it in taxes. Yeah. So you'll get about 600 mil. Two percent. Dude, that's twelve million dollars. That's a lot of that's a lot of money for a man of your age. It is. I mean, that's a lot of money for anybody. <laughs> twelve say, million. That's a lot of money for you? anybody. I was say, who are you, Elon Musk? <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh man, what's he gonna buy next? What's he gonna do next? I don't know. There's there's no telling, right? Buy Mars. I don't know. <laughs> Go live on Mars. That's his goal. All right, hour number one, just about wrapped up. Hour number two, going to be slammed. In the five o'clock hour, we are going to talk a multitude of things. But the main topic, if you want to have a conversation about UFC 277 tomorrow night, get in on the hotline in this five o'clock segment, 706-0111. Juliana Pena Amanda Nunez, Pena shocked the world back in December and beat Nunez, took the title from her. Now people are writing articles saying Juliana Pena is the only person that can beat Amanda Nunez. This fight is going to be epic tomorrow night. Not to mention Kai Kara France in a title fight as well. UFC 277 is going to be big. We'll talk about it in that 5 o'clock segment. You are listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of two here on this Friday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. It's Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez, James Mesh once again. All right, so let's talk about how... Retro Bowl is amazing? Well, yes. That is that is number one. Um, Retro Bowl is amazing. If you've never played Retro Bowl... Oh, this is so fun. You should check it out. <laughs> um, my QB is amazing. My receivers and QB is amazing. So... The, the the thing that I want to talk about is how brutal the NFL could be. There is a rookie kicker by the name of Andrew Mavis. Okay? During training camp warm-ups, he missed three field goal attempts. One of them hitting a coach. One of them hitting a coach. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why, you know, he could have slipped. And, of course, you know, I'm being naive here. But anyways, they cut the kid on the field. They told him to leave. Dude, that's brutal. I was going to say that, that that kills 
any ego you have. That is that kid is never gonna play in the league ever again. I don't I don't think he's gonna even touch a football ever again. The Jaguars signed Mavis as an undrafted free agent after the draft. He struggled through the first day, four days of training camp, and he pulled two short field goal attempts wide left and pushed one wide right during warm-ups on Thursday morning. One of the kicks hit former Dallas Cowboys head coach Dave Campo, who works for a local sports talk radio station, in the shoulder while he was talking with team officials. So not a coach on the staff. He was a former coach who now works in radio covering the Jags, I'm assuming. And he was out at training camp, and he got hit in the shoulder with a missed field goal. Probably startled him. He's like, oh, God, what? And so now the kid's out, and they've signed veteran kicker Elliot Fry. Okay, but how – I wonder where was he on the field? I'm, or, like, all, off the field? Where – like, was he close to the field, or did he just absolutely shank it 30 yards to the left or right? That's what I'm wondering. From the verbiage of the article, it says, The Jaguars signed veteran kicker Elliot Fry on Friday and cut rookie Andrew Mavis, who wildly missed three field goal attempts during training camp warm-ups. It does say wildly missed. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. So... I don't know. That sounds like whenever you glitch on Madden when you're doing a kick and it, you're coming back with the accuracy and it glitches so you don't kick it, so it's going to go, it almost hits the pylon to the left. Like, I don't think it was that bad, but it was pretty bad, right. I, I would have to bet. All right, so let's start looking at UFC 277, which is going to go down tomorrow night in Dallas. So, Juliana Pena... And Amanda Nunez fought at UFC 269 back in December. Pena beat Amanda Nunez to snap her 12-fight win streak. And it was viewed as one of the most shocking upsets in the sport. We'll get back to this conversation. Ralph's on the hotline. What's up, Ralph? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm, uh, well... I'm kind of regretting my comment now because I just actually went buying my tickets, so I hope I don't drop dead of a heart attack, but I do hope I win. Uh, and if I do, I'll, I'll definitely cut you all in on a little, um, you know, little something-something, okay? Hey, you so, know, if, if you take the lump sum option, you're going to get about half. That's like $560 million. Man, it, it just just slide one over, and that's fine. Look, you're talking to somebody <laughs> who's, who's never made triple digits in my life, okay, so I'm, I would be fine with that. You know, believe me, I'm a, I'm a man of modest means. No, no, no worries there. But um, might be able to swing, uh, spring for some new uh, golf clubs, you know, and 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 then I won't have to join the LIV tour. So that's that's another perk of, spring, of, of winning. Spring for some golf clubs, Ralph. You could buy a golf course. Well, you're right. You know, you're right. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, or, or probably a manufacturer these days, you know, probably could buy Callaway for that. But, um, no, I heard y'all talking earlier about the, the rankings and all that. And I know it's always so subjective. And, you know, I mean, I'm an older guy, so I go, go back quite, quite a bit, and I can appreciate how the game's changed over the years. But, but a couple of, you know, I, I do agree, you know, I think sometimes there's, I know you have to win rings and all this stuff, but, you know, and Brady's great. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, I won't. But at least three of his Super Bowls, maybe maybe four, 
really was defense. I mean, they had some. I mean, the the last one in Tampa Bay, that defense won that that Super Bowl for him, no doubt. I mean, he got him out of the playoffs with the Saints for sure. Um, but just kind of going back on guys who who maybe didn't win rings, but in, in my day were I think outstanding quarterbacks. Uh, Dan Marino and, and Dan Fouts both come to mind as just uh, you know outstanding passers for sure. Um, and then a running backs, you know, look, the guy, I don't know. He just kind of gets forgetting, forgotten in, in the conversation, but Eric Dickerson, I used to hate when the saints were in the Rams division back in the NFC West. I hated facing that guy. I, I thought he was just, just a really good running back. So, um, just a couple of names and, and, um, and I, and I will say with Drew, I would definitely defend him in that four ranking because, Man, I'm, I'm just telling you, you go back and look at the rosters, and he never had what I would consider an elite receiving core. If he'd have had some of the receiving cores that some of these other quarterbacks had, no telling, you know, even how much more the numbers would have been. But he made guys great. He made a Lance Moore. You know, he, he made a Marcus Colston. I mean, he, 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 or he didn't make them, but I mean he helped make them. Okay, uh, so I think um, I think he he certainly deserves that ranking. And I hope you guys have a great weekend and and um, and best of luck with the uh, with the Mega Millions, man. Appreciate you, Ralph. Good luck to you as well. So yeah, you know it, it, it's hard to to really have that conversation, right? Because there's been so many good guys. To, to, to come through so many legends to come through the NFL. And you can also, you have different opinions on what you believe it, right. is like a higher priority. Yeah, absolutely. And you have personal preferences. See, I, I'm a guy that I don't really value Super Bowls in terms of that conversation. And to me, that's one of the biggest things because what do you play the game for? I mean, I get that, but also uh, I'm a big guy that a Super Bowl is a, a team thing. It is, and when I mean, I'm, when you, I'm talking about top five quarterbacks, you're looking at individuals. What What you do as a quarterback? You know what? What do your passing yards look like? What's your touchdown to interception ratio look like? Completion percentage. You know those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I get it. The ultimate prize is the Super Bowl. I understand because I mean that's ultimately what you get paid for, right? I mean, cool. If you can put up all the stats you want. It's like Drew Brees. I mean, you could put up 5K and throw 40 touchdowns. Cool. But if your team's going 7-9, and nine, you're missing the playoffs. It's like, yep. No, you're, well, you're, what, what's, what's, what's the point? So You still didn't do enough. Going back to 2011. Well, let's look at 2011 for the Saints. Oh, best team. Drew Brees throws for 5,476. 5, 76, that's what it was. 46 touchdowns. 22 interceptions? 14 interceptions. What? No. What? 14 interceptions. He had a year where he had 22. It wasn't 2011. What? Was that 2010? Not according to Pro Football Reference. It says 46 and 14. But anyways, looking at his skill players. He had Pierre Thomas in the backfield. Devery Henderson and, White and Robert Meacham as his receivers. Jimmy Graham, Jerron... That never mind. That's tackles. You also had Marcus Colston, and he still had Lance Moore, and you still had Lance Moore. Their their fifth receiver was Courtney Roby. 
Oh, yeah. Courtney but he, he was a special teamer. Oh, yeah. Courtney Roby. We remember that guy. They also had Adrian Arrington. It was it was 2010 that he had the 22 interceptions. 22, okay. So, yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, they 46 and 14, and then he had a slew. He also had a rookie Mark Ingram back then, too, in 2011. I've been. I don't know about you, but I have. There is a YouTube channel called called Bart Simpson where you can yeah you can watch full games, and yeah. I've been, I've been watching a lot of the 2011 games for the that Saints. Was such a fun season. That was so, that was such a good season. Watching the Falcons game, watching the Saints Titans, yeah, Saints Giants on Monday Night Football. Yep. It was funny because listening to the broadcast, they were like, "Man, remind the me the Giants. They're they're not going to do anything, and then they end up winning the Super Bowl." Remind me. What year did the Saints play the Colts and beat them like sixty-three to seven? Sixty-two to seven. That was two thousand eleven. Two thousand. That was two thousand eleven. That was a late October game. Okay. I think it was about October 29th. It was a Sunday night. I knew it was game. around that time frame. I just couldn't remember exactly what year. That it was, was. That was whenever. That was still fresh of Sean Payton's ACL tear when Jimmy. Yeah. Got thrown to the sidelines in Tampa and. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Tour yeah, coaches she, coaches yeah. uh, ACL and didn't Sean coach from the booth didn't he he was in the booth yeah yeah he was in the booth because I remember that Sunday night game they kept panning to him right right that, that was that was still fresh and then after that like the last couple of weeks of the season he was down on the field but he had those like special crutches right all right so quickly we got we only got a couple minutes before we got to take a timeout to get our guy Jake Crane in talking about UFC two seventy seven. The last eight months since Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena fought each other, you know what they've both been doing? They've been rival coaches on the Ultimate Fighter. They can't get away from each other. But here's what blows my mind. Amanda Nunez is going to go down as arguably the greatest women's UFC fighter of all time. Her and Ronda Rousey. Neck and neck, right? Juliana Pena is the champ currently. And she is being labeled a massive underdog. According to FanDuel... Amanda is? Yeah, no. Juliana Pena. Julia, okay. Juliana, okay. According to FanDuel, Juliana Pena plus 220. Amanda Nunez minus 295 tomorrow night. Two plus two twenty for the champ? That's insane. Now, granted, do I think Amanda Nunez is going to take her title back? Yes, yes, I do. But to, but to have the the defending but, champ be plus yeah, two twenty odds—that's wild. That's insane. If man. you wanted if you wanted to say like plus a hundred, plus one ten, plus one twenty, that makes sense. But like to double your money—if you're yeah. throwing five, you get like ten and a half dollars. If that if is, Juliana wins, that's wild to me. That is crazy. I feel like you you would get you would get the five plus. And then the other title fight, Brandon Moreno minus two twenty, while Kai Car France is plus one sixty eight. Also, I hate to go back to the football, but it was it was October sixteenth, the Bucks game where Jimmy got thrown into Sean. It was October twenty third. When they crushed him sixty-two to seven, next week was October thirtieth, and they lost thirty-one twenty-one to St. Louis. 
that so that's that's how that's okay. how the weeks went. It, yeah. The very next week is is whenever they they uh, crush the Colts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. So again, just just to go back, the the fact that we are talking about the champ being as massive of an underdog as she is is insane to me. But again, UFC 277 tomorrow night in Dallas. Going to be a lot of fun. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll do the first ever edition of Jake's Takes on the other side with Crane and Company's Jake Crane here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 29, 1986. A New York jury rules that the NFL violated antitrust laws, but only awards the USFL one dollar in damages that was this day in sports history we now return to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station welcome back into crunch time with me guys and mesh here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station it's your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros matt Miguez, james mesh 21 minutes after five o'clock here on your friday it's time for the first ever edition it's going to be a new weekly segment here on the show it's time for jake's takes with crane and company's jake crane jake man how you living Man, I'm doing great. Great to be on with you guys at the uh, end of the week. I appreciate y'all having me, and uh, yeah, let's get it going. So, first things first, let's do a little college football contender or pretender. So, basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a team, and you tell me if you think they can contend for a national championship or not. We talking about this year? Yeah. Okay. Texas A&M. Uh, pretender. Uh, I think their year is 2023. Uh, I think Max Johnson is going to end up being the guy over Haynes King. I just don't think they have all the pieces and the depth up front yet because that's how you beat Alabama and that's how you beat Georgia's with depth up front. Ohio State. Contender. I think they're going to lose to Alabama and the Natty. Uh, they have as much talent as anybody. I know they lost to Labe and some other guys in the draft, but we all know how talent, you know, how well they've recruited. It's a machine up there. They lose last year to Michigan, end up not winning the Big Ten. Uh, I think Ohio State makes it all the way to the Natty, but loses. USC. Pretender. They're throwing all that money away. Uh, look, USC doesn't have the horses or the depth up front. Uh, I think they're going to finish third, maybe fourth in there, you know, the packet in 12 that's, that's soon to be no more. But uh, I think that's all just uh, fun and game. Damn. Jake has no faith in Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Well, yeah, I mean, not to win the Natty. I mean, I think they'll be able to witch and wizardry their way to a, to a couple wins, you know, that maybe some people don't think they should win. But I just, I'm not buying the hype this year. They just don't have the horses. I got to ask you, man, what's up? And, and, and again, I, I, I've had this conversation with multiple people. 
and I know that defensive players don't win the Heisman Trophy. But why is Will Anderson not getting the respect that he deserves? Well, you know, nobody gets respect on defense, and I'm a defensive guy. I mean, I argue with Cone and Blaine, who are both 100% offensive guys, about this all the time. You know, defense, you're reacting. You know, offensively, I, I used to tell the receivers when they start talking trash at practice, I'm like, well, y'all are going forwards. So, you know, at, at, some, at some point we've got to call spade a spade. The penalties are built against defense, but it's ridiculous. If Honey Badger can't win it, if Ndamukong Sue can't win it, you know, you had Mad Dog Rousseau come out and say he wouldn't vote for a defensive player regardless. He should have his Heisman vote stripped. Please give it to somebody with a functional brain. But uh, he'll, he'll probably get invited to New York, but that's not good enough. It's for the, you know, the most valuable player. And uh, you look at the numbers he had last year, how he affects the game, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Jake Crane, host of the Daily Wire's Crane & Company, joining us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. You know, one one thing that I really liked that, that you said on the show a couple weeks ago, you, you were talking about LSU, and mm-hmm. you were talking about the things that Brian Kelly's going to be able to do. And, you know, it, it, it's no secret that the back half of Ed Ogeron's tenure, and even for a little while, a little bit of Les Miles' tenure, LSU kind of lost their way, lost structure, and you said that LSU with structure is one of the most dangerous things in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that no, way? No, without a doubt, because, I mean, it's the truth. One of the reasons Nick Saban was able to dominate LSU like he was able to was because he mixed structure and an unbelievable program and accountability and culture based off that structure with some of the most talented players in a state where nobody goes anywhere else. So, I mean, LSU was kind of in that honey hole uh, there's no Auburn to their Alabama. There's no Mississippi State to their Ole Miss. Uh, they're in it, you know, that whole state we know is talented, especially the further you get south, and they all stay home. Like, like LSU is, is a monster. It's just, are you going to be able to tame it? You know, it's one thing to be Dr. Frankenstein and just let it walk out in the village and burn everything down like Ed Orgeron did. It's another thing to teach it how to walk and dance and, and do things that are useful. So I think Brian Kelly is more of your – CEO, this is how the organization is going to work. I know how to hire guys multiple times, not just one time, and we're going to have accountability. We're going to do things the right way. And when you mix that with, with the potential and how much talent is, is even on that LSU roster right now, it's a problem. I mean, again, you know, it's kind of like Georgia. You can say what you want about Georgia Tech, but Georgia's the mainstay in that state. All the, those kids aren't spurning Georgia for Georgia Tech. So LSU's kind of in that honey hole, and the rest of the SEC should be worried. You know what? I, I know that you you had a lot to say about the the Kyler Murray conundrum, but when you first saw that contract clause about the independent study, what was your immediate reaction? I mean, I was kind of shocked. You know, I've I've just never heard of that before, especially in the NFL. Typically, you would think you'd have to put something in the contract to be like, "Hey, man, you got to leave the facility." some point the the fact that you're having to put that and i know they tried to clean it up you don't put that in there for no reason like you don't you don't just say you know what let's just put this in here i think kyler was somewhat but in order to to break through and do what they want him to do and what they're paying him to do you got to put in the extra effort so i don't buy the whole oh it was just you know something they put in there everything is done for a reason especially when you're spending that amount of money and i would be worried why am i having to tell you to watch film yeah, I mean, we, we were talking about that here, here on our show the other day. You know, quarterbacks are film rats. Like you said, you got to be able to kick them out of the facility. You, you shouldn't have to put a clause in their contract to bring them back in. No, I mean, again, you, the teams that are the best are the ones 
when your best players are your hardest workers and they're your best leaders. Typically, that's going to be the quarterback. Because, again, in the NFL, it's not like you have to go to class or you have the other stuff on the periphery that you do when you're in college. It's just football. You go up to the facility, and it's tape. It's tape and eating and stretching and running and learning the playbook. So the fact they had to put in there, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, and if it was something that was precedented or something that happened in every contract, nobody would say a thing. But it's not precedented. It's somewhat unprecedented, and it's also scary. Couple more for you, my man. Five years from now, where do you see Notre Dame in the world of conference realignment? They're gonna, they're going to have to get in the conference because as many teams as that are getting, the more teams that get added and the less total power conferences there are, the quicker Notre Dame is going to have to get in the conference. Because if I'm playing a nine-game in-conference schedule or a ten-game in-conference schedule, I'm not scheduling Notre Dame for one of those other two games. So I know they're the prettiest girl at the dance, and they're just flaunting it. You know, they're like the the seven that hangs out with a bunch of fours so they look like a nine at the club. Like You can only get away with that for so long. So eventually, they're going to have to do something. You know, talking about staying on the topic of realignment with USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten, the SEC getting Texas and Oklahoma, nobody knows what the hell to make of the ACC with that grant of rights deal. You know, what's what's the next major domino to fall, in your opinion? You know, I, I think it's good. I, the next one will be who goes to the Big 12 out of the Pac-12. I don't think you're going to see the SEC add anybody. I don't think you're going to see the Big Ten add anybody else right now. The ACC, you know, you want to get to that 16-team threshold because it looks like that's kind of the, the barometer. If you look at, you know, obviously with USC and, and UCLA being added to the Big Ten, uh, which gives them extra teams, the SEC now having 16. I think we're going to have four power 16 or power four conferences with 16 teams apiece. That's what it looks like to me, at least for a little bit. MLB trade deadline. Does Shohei Otani get moved before Tuesday afternoon? Uh, man, I don't know why you'd move him and not move Mike Trout. Uh, but if they do, listen, I'm a Braves fan. Don't touch it. I trust Alex. Look, I trust you make the right moves. Let's just not touch it. We got a good thing. We all know the Mets are going to fall apart. Everybody that has ever watched baseball ever knows the Mets are going to fall apart. Love where Austin Riley is. Michael Harris, you know, found out you had a Lambo when you thought you had a Pinto. It's always a great situation when that happens. Uh, but, you know, I don't know why you'd move the best two-way player we've ever seen. I, I just I don't understand that. Lastly, UFC 277 tomorrow night. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunez, who wins? It's hard for me to bet against Nunez. You know, it's getting to the point now in the UFC where the girl fights are, are better to, better right. to watch than, than when the men fight because they actually punch each other. You're going to see some punches thrown in this one. Uh, give me Nunez. Just, uh, I, I don't know, the spidey senses are tingling on that one. Jake Crane, host of Crane & Company. Appreciate you taking the time, brother. Before you run, tell our listeners where they can find Crane & Company. Definitely, man. We're uh, live every weekday from 2 to 3 Central. It's on YouTube. It's Crane & Company, C-R-A-I-N and Company. Uh, you're talking a ton of football in NFL. We had Chris Doring on today, former Florida All-American, who said that Florida has the worst fan base in college football right now. Uh, so, yeah, if you like that, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all that stuff, man, I appreciate you having me. We'll do it again next week, my brother. Let's dance. Appreciate it. Jake Crane of Daily Wire's Crane and Company. Man, he, his brother Blaine, and David Cohn do excellent work over there at the Daily Wire. Check them out, like he said, YouTube, Crane and Company, and everywhere you get your podcast. If you want to score a brand new Apple Watch, all you have to do is send a simple text. 
The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. Join our text club by texting GAME to 337-283-8100, G-A-M-E to 283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch, plus tons of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game's Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Take a time out when we return. We'll bring you a preview of the Southern Jags with my guy Scotty from Offscript TV, the number one HBCU sports podcast on the market. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Looking at LSU's schedule, we've already previewed the Seminoles of Florida State. It's time to head on over a short drive down Baton, through Baton Rouge to the Jags of Southern. Let's look at the Southern Jaguars with our guy, Scotty of Offscript TV. Scotty, what's going on, man? How are you? What's good, Matt? What's good, James? Talk to me. So, you know, give us you know, uh, an overview of the Southern Jaguars. You know, Tigers fans that, that might not be familiar with HBCU football, especially Southern, you know, what what can fans expect out of Southern this year? Uh, you're going to expect a, uh, they have a new head coach, Eric Dooley, coming from PV. Uh, he's kind of like a Southern prodigal son. He was there 14 years with uh, the legendary coach, Pete Richardson. He brings a high-tempo, fast-style offense, so – you're talking, you're talking about Chip Kelly, Oregon style. That's what he's going to try to do. Uh, offensive guru uh, in, in the HBCU community. Um, wants to throw it around. Uh, wants to get the ball out fast and get the offensive line up and down the line. So you're going you're gonna to get a high-tempo style offense and hoping, you know, when you spread it out, you want the team to declare what they're in and what they're going to show. And that's what Eric Dewey is all about. Glendon McDaniel was the Jags quarterback for most of the year last year. You know, what does he return and how much did he develop throughout the offseason? Well, you know, they call him Bubba and uh, Bubba McDaniel. He he was a starting guy last year. And but going into this year, they brought in a guy from uh, from, I believe, EMCC or. Uh, but his name is Bashan McCray. Those are the two guys to look out for. If you're going to be Sean McCray's job or Bubba McDaniel's, so it's it's, it's not going to be Bubba's job just to have. He has to earn it. What about skill players? You know, running backs, wide receivers. Who should uh, who should fans look out for? Uh, running backs. Listen, if it's one thing Southern's going to have, they're going to have a whole bunch of running backs. You have uh, a running back by Dylan. You have another running back. Uh, uh, what's this? Oh, Gerard Sims. There you go. Gerard Sims. You have uh, Kobe Dillon. Those two guys are probably going to be the, the stable at backs. Now, this is the thing with Southern. Their wide receivers were trash last year. I mean, they had a 6'5 guy who couldn't jump over a stick. 
So they revamped their whole wide receiver room. So you're going to see a whole – we're all going to see a whole bunch of new guys. And they're trying to find a guy because before Dooley was there, Southern was a run-first team. That's not Dooley's style. He is a pass-first guy, so he has re- completely revamped the uh, wide receiver room. So we're all going to see and uh, see what they have there. And then, you know, defensively, this was a team last year that gave up 30 points a game. You know, how, how can they lower that number? Who comes back defensively that can help them? Man, so the guy, the biggest guy that a lot of people are looking for is Jordan Lewis. He was the FCS Defense Player of the Year during the spring season. Uh, kind of a tweener. They played him at DN a lot, but I think this year they're going to make him a lot more versatile. So he kind of reminds me of the guy from Clemson who got drafted not too long ago, the uh, flex guy who went to Arizona, I believe. Or someone. He, he reminds me of that kind of guy. He's built like it, 6'2", 6'3", track star, runs a 4'4". Um, so he's that type of special. But what they have on that D-line, I think, is going to be amazing. You got Jason Dumas, one of the top D-tackles in the SWAC. Uh, he's kind of an Aaron Donald-type style, very short, compact, but he can squat. He can squat about 500, can bench about 500. So he's a he's a load in the middle. Uh, you have Trey Lang as a DN. You also have uh, Greenhouse was the National Juco Player of the Year. So they have revamped their whole D-line. <clears throat> their cornerback situation is a little tricky, but they did get a whole bunch of um, transfers in. They have um, All-American DBs coming from Bowie State, Jordan Carter, as well as Dimitri Morsell. Uh, they have them two coming back. They have some Power 5 transfers coming in as well. So, listen, when you talk about a whole revamp style of, 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 a, of a team and transfers, it's completely what Southern did. They want to be able to stop those 30 points per game. And their back end was the biggest problem that they had last year. So uh, Dooley really looked to sure that up. Chatting with Scotty from Offscript TV, talking about Eric Dooley, you know, new head coach at Southern. Talk about his, his coaching staff. You know, what guys on his coaching staff stand out to you? Man, listen. If it is, it starts with Alan Clark, the D line coach. He he he's a known commodity down in Baton Rouge, uh, big time guy. He, he coaches D line. He's coached. He's he's trained some NFL guys. So uh, you can tell by the way they've been recruiting at the D line position how important he is to that. And then the recruiting coordinator Ricky Jackson. That's you know Dewey's right hand man. The way that they've been able to get a lot of these transfer guys in has been special. Listen. You know, a lot of people say, you know, their offensive staff, listen, it, it goes through Dooley. He is the Chip Kelly. He is the Lane Kiffin. He's the guy that does offense. So any offensive, you know, guy on that staff is just really what his position coach is. He's not really going to be too much a part of the game plan because Dooley's been doing this with his eyes closed for so long. But defensively, I think that's where they really need to take that step. And that's where, you know, you need the – the Wade Phillips with the Sean McVeighs, you know what I'm saying? You need that guy that you don't have to go over and talk about it. And I think what helps them is, like I said, that D-line position coach, because at the end of the day, it's all about the trenches. If you can't, you know, with LSU, we know at the biggest factor is the trenches. Your, your O-line, their D-line, your D-line, your O-line are the two biggest parts. So having a great D-line coach, I think, is, was probably one of the biggest benefits that they were able to pull. Looking at the schedule, they open with Florida Memorial University, then that matchup with LSU. They've also got Texas Southern, Prairie View A&M, Alcorn State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, and then they close with Grambling. What do you make of their schedule, and how successful can the Jags be? It's, it's weak. 
It's weak. I, I mean, I've been talking about it for the past couple months. They, he, you know, I, I feel like if I'm being honest, they gave Eric Dooley a soft schedule to make his, his you know, to make it look good. I'm, I, I listen. Everybody I talk to is super excited about you got them playing down the street from LSU. It's just something that they feel should always happen because of just the proximity to the school. But everything else, you don't really get to see what um, what Dooley can really do. You you want to see him go against. The uh, Southeast Louisiana's, the UIW's, the uh, the Southland Conference, and the SoCon. You want to see him compete against high level FCS talent because he's bringing in so so much talent, you know. So you, I mean, come on, Florida Memorial, and you know you're playing your conference, which you have to play anyway. You want to see them take a chance and step out, and maybe next year they'll do that. But this year their schedule is weak. But you know, if you got a weak schedule like that, you got to run the table. So we'll see how it looks. All right, Scotty, here's here's your chance to to let the folks know about All Script TV. What can you tell us? Oh man, listen, it's the live show on YouTube when it talks about HBCU sports. Uh listen, if you want some real, raw, unauthentic you know, authentic stuff, it's, it's me, man. I, I appreciate I met my guy Matt at the SEC media day, had a had a nice little talk. And uh no, I mean it's it is it, just a it's a it's a show that you can call in, you know, say how you really feel, like you like why that you know, bleeping somebody doing this is that type of show. And we just try to have fun and make it interesting, man. But, yeah, that's that's what Offscript's all about. And I appreciate you having me on that, for real. Last thing before you run, I was looking at your YouTube channel and I noticed that you met Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I got to interview him. I've interviewed him, Hugh Jackson, and a few others. Uh, Deion Sanders is, like, for somebody like me, a kid growing up, like, that was everything. I wore the bandana. I did I did the dance, you know, so meeting him, he was my idol, you know what I'm saying, for a long time. So I, I'll never forget that interview. I was like, I was kind of having like a mini panic attack, and my girl had to calm me down because, like, you know, I'm like, this is Deion Sanders. Like, this is a, this is just isn't anybody. But, no, he's a great guy. You know, um, we still talk to this day. You know, we still, you know, chat back and forth and things like that, even though my opinions might not, <laughs> you might not agree with a lot of my opinions. He's still a cool dude, man. Deion's a real deal. That's awesome, man. Scotty from Offscript, really appreciate you taking the time, my man. And uh, we'll talk down the line. Anytime, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Good old Scotty from Offscript TV. Like he said, we met at uh, at SEC Media Days last week in Atlanta. Just a just a good guy. Good dude. Knows his stuff when it comes to HBCUs. So once again, really appreciate him taking the time. Let's update the poll question. Who's your favorite in-state team? So far, 46% say LSU, 40% say the Cajuns, and 13% say the Saints. Looking at the Facebook comments, though, on this poll question, David Ackman Jr. says the Saints. Cody Broussard says, I bleed black and gold. And then a comment that came out of left field, but I love. Burt Grace says the Louisiana Drillers. In case you don't know who the Louisiana Drillers are, they're a minor league hockey team that plays at Planet Ice on Johnson Street. They are they're fun to watch. They are. The Drillers are fun. Out of the NA3HL. I don't know what the three stands for. It's North American something hockey league. I, I don't know. The it, It's just... Now that the ice skaters are gone, people need their hockey fix. And... The drillers provide it. That's just 
That's just the way it the way it works. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by joining the clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Go sign up today. Take one more time out, wrap up the show on the other side. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and it's your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. All right, James. Lincoln Riley has broken his silence on the Kyler Murray saga. Yes, I was concerned. I was concerned that he would burn himself out. Kyler pushes the limits. He loves football. He loves to compete and win. I never once worried about the amount of preparation he put in. Coach, speak. I was going to say that. That's covering for your boy. That's just, That just sounds so generic. Oh, my God. That is absolutely hysterical. How far has Kyler fallen on your list of current QBs? Where does he rank now? Middle, mid tier. So, I'd say so. Twelve. I'd say, I'd say twelve to eighteen among the QBs right now. So mm-hmm. not even top ten. Probably upper. I'd probably say thirteen, fourteen, somewhere in there. Because I had him at ten. But th- this this knocked him out. That's <laughs> that's very concerning. Do your homework, Kyler. Because you know, like like Jake said, they didn't just put that in there for no reason. They didn't put that in there to say, "Oh, we're covering our bases." No, they had a reason to put that clause that nobody has ever seen before in the contract. If it wasn't something that you were worried about, or you just had all the confidence that he would do it, you. You wouldn't even have it in there. Right. All right, James. Yes or no, we have a trade to talk about next week. A trade? Yep. Okay. An Astros trade. Okay, yeah. Yes or no? Deadline's Tuesday. I say they go for it. So you say say they do make a trade? I say they should. Okay. I think they're going to. I think they're going to make multiple trades. You think they're going to make like two or three trades? Yeah. Oh, get, every, get real. Get real. Everything that I have dirty. seen, everything that I have seen says that the Astros are being incredibly aggressive in the trade market. I just know there's a lot of times when the whenever it gets even closer and they start ramping it up and all the all the talks are going about it un, until it happens. Oh yeah. No, for sure. It, it cuz I see that all the time in other sports where it's like Oh, this guy's really close to being traded, and then we may not see it until 
the next offseason? I think Josh Bell is their biggest priority. And then after that, they would maybe look at either a catcher or an outfielder. Um, Because they've got starting pitching to get rid of. They do. They have starting pitching at their disposal. Especially if Lance McCullers comes back, you really got guys you could dispose of. Because you've got guys sitting in the farm system waiting for their opportunity. So... I would not be surprised if, you know, a, a Jose Arquiti or a Luis Garcia gets dealt at the trade deadline. Astros winning last night. They will be back at Minute Maid Park tonight, 7-10 first pitch. Robbie Ray going for the Mariners 8-7 on the year with a 3.90 ERA and 120 innings. For the Astros, it's JV Day. Justin Verlander, 13-3, with a 1.86 ERA. God, that's gaudy. That is filthy. All right, so bad news right before we leave. Uh, I will not be in the studio on Monday for Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh. I will actually be doing RP3 and company from 6 to 9. So if you're an early riser, tune in 6 to 9 on Monday morning. RP3 and company with Matt Miguez. Duriel Harris, the former Dolphins wide receiver, will be co-hosting Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh with James. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Thanks to all our guests today, Chris Vanini, Jake Crane, and Scotty from Offscript. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have a great weekend. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.